Welcome to Life Source Church. We are so glad you found us. We hope that you will experience God with us as you hear the preaching of the Word. Has anybody ever noticed that relationships can really be challenging? They can be, can't they? I mean, you know, we're all born, uh, well, in one sense, we're all born with a nature that focuses on self, but we're also born with a desire to connect with other people. That's the way we start. Sometimes by the time we get, become adults, we aren't too excited about connecting with other people because of what we've experienced. The difficulties that have come into our lives, maybe someone who who should have loved us and protected us, didn't, in fact, hurt us. Relationships are challenging. I mean, <clears throat> anybody who's married knows that relationships are what? <laughs> no, Ray, we'll use my word, challenging. <laughs> yeah, it is, because... You know, we are drawn to each other as, as uh, couples and, and we desire this relationship. And, but, you know, what that means to each of us is oftentimes quite different uh, between personalities and between genders and between upbringing. And sometimes that, and so the relationship gets strained, it gets difficult. Um, we still want it, but then it you know, sometimes comes back and, and it hurts. Relationships can be challenging. Parents and children, those relationships get hard sometimes. You're trying to navigate the changes that are going on in people's lives and, and, and being faithful and, and accepting and, and interacting with each other. <clears throat> I, uh, <laughs> I have discovered, and it shouldn't, you know, I, I don't know when I discovered, but I discovered, it became very clear to me at some point that um, I did not always, maybe I should say often, I did not really get it when it came to communicating well with other people, with relationship. You know, because I come from my perspective. Now, maybe now that you're like this, you guys are all really in tune with each other and all that, but I tend to come from my own perspective, and, and the way I see life is normal. Okay? In fact, recently I was thinking about kind of write a, a book, a little tongue-in-cheek, but you know, entitled The Only Normal Person Left on Earth. It's me. And obviously, if, if I am the only normal person left, then there's a problem. And it, you know where it is, okay? Relationships are very challenging. Have any of you ever experienced a challenging relationship? This morning? Oh, <laughs> Yeah, relationships are challenging, and sometimes those relationships are, are really big in our lives and really important in our lives, and sometimes those relationship issues happen with people that we're just walking by, you know, in a grocery store or something. Um, how do we deal with it? I mean, in, in the teens, um, I hear, you know, I, I talk to a number of teens, talk to my daughter, all this, and I hear, and what I hear is that from time to time there's a lot of drama. Now, back in prehistoric days, when I was a teenager, drama was a class that you took. 
But the drama is, is this relationship interaction, trying to get it to work, isn't it? And, and the hard thing is we, we chuckle about it and laugh about it, it, but the reality is that people get hurt. Sometimes we say they shouldn't, but they do. And when relationships aren't the way God intends them to be, people get heartbroken sometimes. Sometimes it devastates people for years. So what do we do? How, do we, how, how can we have relationships that, that are going to be positive? How are we going to have relationships that are going to be the kind that God says they ought to be? Relationships that are going to do for everybody involved what needs to be done. Well, Jesus talks about this in Matthew chapter 7. As we continue our study of the Sermon on the Mount, talking about Jesus' way of doing things. Last week, it was page 1118 in the Bible that's in the pew. And again, we always encourage you to follow along with this. If you don't have your own Bible, uh, grab that one out of the pew and follow along. Page 1118. Last week we saw, talking about the problem of people being judgmental, us being judgmental, others being judgmental. And we saw that really the, probably the solution is that we need to change how we see ourselves and how we interact with each other, and that's that we need to see ourselves and act like the fact that we are fellow travelers, not judges. That's the role God has given us. So we're fellow travelers. We're in this together. You have a problem I have problems. We have uh, opportunities, and, but we're in it together. And so we don't want to view each other as judges. We want to view each other as fellow travelers. But you know, that points up something. That points up that that obviously doesn't always occur, does it? People do judge each other, don't they? It does happen. And whether we, we don't like to admit it, but sometimes we're the judgmental ones. And so we see here that relationships, see, there's, there's monkey wrenches in relationships, there's difficulties in relationships. And so then Jesus continues, he talks about, you know, uh, you know making sure that you, you don't give what isn't appreciated to somebody. So relationships, they start to seem complicated. And so we get to verse number seven, and he says this, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it will be open. Now let's just stop there. That, that verse number eight, I mean, if we were gonna talk about prayer, if those of you who have been around, you've been Christians for quite some length of time, and we talked about prayer, these verses might come to mind for you, right? Ask, seek, knock, because you're going to receive, you're going to find, it's gonna be open to you. And yet, have you ever experienced asking and not receiving? Right. At least we didn't see that we received. Have you ever been seeking something and just haven't found it yet? Knocking, trying to get something to open up, and it won't open up. And so this is obviously from the, uh, Jesus, not this uh, prepaid Visa card, right, that you can use to get whatever you want. That isn't the way it is. He's, he's really talking about in the context of what's going on here. He's really talking about in the context of our relationships with people and how we get where we need to be with that. 
And we're going to dig into that a little bit more in a minute. And he continues here. He says, and it's really sort of a change of subject, but it's tied in. He says, or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Here, chew on this for a while, you know. Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? And obviously, the answers are, are implied, right? You wouldn't do that. Your son is hungry and he's bread, you give him something to eat, you know. If he's desiring a fish, you don't give him something that's going to hurt him. Verse 11, he says, if you then being evil, let's just stop. And being evil, all he means is talking about the fact that we are born with a self-centered nature, what we call a sinful nature. We're born that way. That affects us. It affects our wiring. And we'll spend the rest of our lives trying to work out of that once we come to Christ. Okay? So if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven Give good things to those who ask him. In other words, God is good. God knows what you need, doesn't he? He knows what the, the real desires of your heart are and, and how to meet those. He, he knows what it is that you need to do and how to open up those doors of opportunity. He is a good God. Now, good God doesn't mean that he does everything we think we wanted to do. A good parent doesn't do everything his or her children want them to do. So God is a good parent. But he is, he is, we really want to understand that he is good. Now, here we are, I'm thinking, as I was reading this and working through this, I'm saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, okay, we're talking about judgmentalism and, and how you know, we handle that. And, and now it seems like you're talking about prayer and seeking you and all this. And then verse number 12, he says this. The first word is, therefore... Now, what's the point of the word therefore? When he says therefore, he means because, okay, because of these things that I just told you, because of these things that are true, because of that, therefore this. All right? Okay, so we ought to find a verse here that summarizes prayer, right? Or seeking the Lord or something along that line. It seems like, but what he says is this, therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. What do we call this? The golden rule, that's right. And so he says, because if you ask and if you will seek and you will knock, it will, you will receive, you will uh, find, it will be open to you. God is good. He knows what you need. He knows how to answer you. Therefore, live by the golden rule. And see, what this tells me is that these verses, we're going to look at all 12 of these verses, are really talking about our relationships. That whole thing we talked about earlier, how do we navigate this, right? Well, he's telling us here how we navigate relationships, how we manage to succeed at relationships. And so he tells us here this gold, the golden rule. Um, do you know that... I, you know, Dave would probably attest to this, and I know Glenda and I would in our working with people. Um, when it comes to marriage counseling, first of all, marriage problems, there really are hardly any marriage problems. Marriage problems are easy to figure out. Do we run the toilet paper over the top or off the bottom? <laughs> Do we squeeze the tube in the middle or on the end? I mean, we can work those kind of things out. 
But what happens is, is he has his problems because he was a sinner and how he approached life and the things that happened. She has the same thing, and those problems run into each other. And we call them marriage problems. Um, but do you realize that a lot of the stuff that we hear and the, the things that flaring up and oftentimes the things that bring them to us, if they would live by the golden rule with each other, a lot of that wouldn't even be an issue. And so the golden rule is intended to apply even in our marriage relationships. It's intended to apply between our, our children and our parents, those relationships. It's intended to apply with our coworkers, our, our neighbors, uh, people that we know well, people that we've only met. The golden rule is, is brilliant. Now, this idea that we see here was not brand new, okay? Uh, because you go back into the law, and the law said, love your neighbor as yourself. So how would you want to be loved? Love your neighbor that way. Love people that way. Uh, also, 10 years, about 10 years uh, before Jesus taught this, one of the well-known rabbis in Israel uh, taught something like this. He says, whatever you wouldn't want people to do to you, don't do those things to them. So it's a version of that, right? Uh, but you know what that is? All that means is just... Don't bother people. The golden rule is a lot bigger than that, isn't it? Because it isn't just about, well, don't do stuff. The golden rule is about do stuff. Think, and we're, we're going to focus in on, on how to live that out in a little while. But you know what? I think one of the things that's really, to me, brilliant about uh, Jesus summarizing relationships this way is that if you're going to do this, you have to Focus on knowing the other person. Because it's not just some rule to follow. You have to know the other person and their circumstances and you know, how they got there and their dreams. You've got to know those things to carry out the golden rule. Well, so what is it that we need to know here today from this passage, verses 7 through 12? And, and I want to say it to this because this is, as, as I've spent time with God and meditating, I, re, I really think it comes down to this for us. We could learn lots of things, but here's what I want you to see today. Dependence on God is the key to real success in relationships, in your relationships. Our tendency is this. When we have relationship issues, what do we focus on? We focus on the relationship and the issues. And that's all well and good. But do you understand? We don't have a solution here if it's just you and me. We don't have a solution. We desperately need God to work in my life and to work in your life and to work on what's going on between us. I desperately need to know God to figure out how do I live out the golden rule with you in this situation. And so dependence on God is going to be the key. We need Him. We need His wisdom. We need His, his strengthening. We need His encouraging. We need His hope. We need sometimes just endurance from Him. We need boldness. We need His love. We need to know his truth to be able to speak his truth and love. We depend on him. And, and when I talk about real success in relationships, I'm not talking about the fact that, hey, we get along. Might not even, hey, we have a great time together. When we think about success as Christians, 
It's about more than that. It's about is this relationship the way God wants it to be? Does this relationship, what's going on in my heart and this other person's heart, is, is this relationship pleasing to God? Is this accomplishing God's purposes in our lives? And so success, I mean, yeah, and, and most of the time, would you like to have good, happy relationships? You guys awake still now? You would, wouldn't you? Of course we do. But that can't be the bottom line because you know what you do? You'll compromise on truths and things to try to keep the peace and keep everybody happy. That's not the kind of relationships Jesus is talking about. He's talking about relationships that end up figuring, how do we deal with someone who's being judgmental? How do we deal? I mean, it's, it's some tough stuff. But so we're talking about real success in relationship. When we say it's the key, we're talking about this idea that, that if you will depend on God and grow in your dependence on God, it's going to begin to unlock your ability to carry out the golden rule the way the Lord intends for it to be. Now, do you know why you have to depend on God? I sort of already alluded to it. But you have to depend on God because of this. Because, see, the golden rule is very effective, isn't it? Think about it, just on the face of it. Is it very logical? Wow, that solves a lot of problems. It's very effective. But it's very unnatural to us. It doesn't come natural to us. And, and guess what? It doesn't come natural to the other person you're in a relationship with. And so here it is, finally. You get down, you work hard, and you live by the golden rule. You do your very best, and boom, the other person always responds well, and everything's perfect. Not. Right? Sometimes the, you, you get it right, and other people don't cooperate. How are you going to be able to handle this? There isn't any way you can handle on your way. Depending on God to help you is the only way you can succeed at this. Depending on God. So let's talk about the golden rule for a little bit. The golden rule is the most effective means of improving any relationship. It really is, like I said, it's brilliant. And so the idea is this. What you're supposed to do is genuinely consider the other person's circumstances, right? So you think about this other person. You think about, you know, what's their personality? What moves them? Uh, what are their desires of their heart? What, what do they fear? What, what is the situation they're in, the circumstances that are coming to them? What things are in their control here and what things are not in their control? I mean, all these kinds of things. And then you ask the question, well, if, if that was me in that situation, how would I want to be treated? And then that's what you do. Sounds real simple, doesn't it? Except that sometimes this happens like this, and you're having to respond quick, which is another reason you have to be depending on God. But let, let's, let's kind of be clear about something here. We, this isn't about, I mean... You see someone, and let's say this person you're interacting with, and they, maybe they, they just don't talk nice to you, and that's a problem. And you're, so you go through all this, and you think, well, what would I you know, want? What's going on here? And what's the response? Well, if I were in this situation, I'd want someone to tell me that I was that way. Okay, fine. How would you want them to tell you? Would you want them to give you the benefit of the doubt that your motives are good and right and you don't really understand what you're doing? 
Would you want someone to treat you with respect as they, you see what I mean? That's the way we think about it. And then we treat people this way. Now, a major problem with the golden rule is that living by it doesn't come natural to us. I already said that. Because what comes natural to us is to figure out how do I interact with this person in a way that they act the way I want them to act, right? If I can just get them to see, if I can just make them feel, if I, whatever, I can, I, how do I interact with them to get them to, to respond to me the way I want them to? And Jesus says, no, no, no. Backwards, backwards. No, you need to be thinking about them, focusing on them, and, and how do I be a blessing to them? What would be a blessing to me in this situation? And then interact with them that way. And then, like I said a little bit ago, even when you're getting the golden rule right, people don't always respond the way you respect, and then you have to adjust and take that into account, and you have to work through the whole unnatural process again. Can you see that you will never sort this out on your own, that you desperately need God if you're going to succeed in living out the golden rule with the people in your life, you do. He is your only hope for success. Dependence on God is the key to real success in your relationships. So what do you need to do? That being true, what do you need to do? Well, you need to learn to live your whole life dependent on God. Your whole life, not just, okay, I'm going to depend on God in my relationships. Nah, I'm not going to work. Your whole life. Christians, by the way, Christians are called to live lives of dependence on God. And depending on God means that you yield to Him and do things His way. You can't just pick and choose. You have to make a decision. You are either working to be dependent on God in your life or you're not. So how do you do that? How do you get into a life of dependence on God? Well, think about this. And actually, this is before I talk to you about how to do it. Let's, let's focus back in on dependence for God, to, on, uh, God for your whole life. Do you need wisdom in your relationships? James says, if you need wisdom, ask God, being willing to follow it. Okay? Do you need love in the relationships? Do you need patience in your relationships? Do you need gentleness in relationships? Kindness? Do you need faith that God's means are going to work? Do sometimes you're going to have to yield your rights? Wait a minute, we all go, we're all saying, yeah, yeah, yield your rights. What? <laughs> Self-control. Those are fruit of the Spirit. They come into your life when you live a life of depending on God. You see, so if you want relationships to be right, you've got to look, sit back and look at the bigger picture and say, hey, I want my life to be right here. I've got to live a life of dependence on God. God. Well, how do you do that? Well, Jesus says here, he says, ask. One of the things, you know, that, that shows that we are dependent on God is when we think, 
pretty much anything that comes up, what do we do? We go to God with it. We bring it to Him. God, I need your wisdom in this situation. God, I, I, what I want to do is punch this guy in the nose. I don't think that's in the golden rule. God, I need your help here. I need you. And and go out into your whole life. God, I I need to pay the bills. God, I I need to find a job. I need a place to live. Whatever. God, I am dependent on you. I can go out here and try to figure this stuff out on my own. But you know what, God? You know me. I know me. I'm going to mess it up. I need you to work. I need you to guide me along to find the right places, the right people, the right times. I need you to work in my life. I am desperate for you to work. God gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud. Can you handle on your own? God say, okay, you're on your own, buddy. But he gives grace to us when we depend on him. So ask God. Next thing he says, seek. Seek. And I, God talks in the Bible, he talks about, if you seek for me with your whole heart, you will find me. Seek me. And so this is about pursuing your relationship with God. Pursuing it. I mean, I'm not just saying, you know, I got a relationship with God. I come to church on Sundays. I'm glad you do, okay? No, but it's about, God, I want to know you. I want to be changed by you. I, I want to have my heart line up with your heart. So you begin to pursue a relationship with him. And you do this by on purpose, setting aside some time on a regular basis and sitting down with just you and God. You talk to him, you open his word, you read it, you ponder it, you talk with God about it. You saturate yourself, there's the word. You saturate yourself with God's word because I want to know you. And so you seek him. And when you seek him that way, you will find. You will find him, and it will change you. And guess what? As it changes you, it's going to change your relationships. And then he says to knock. And, and I get the idea here is, you know, asking, seeking, and then knocking. This is putting actions to it. This is, I am dependent on God. And God says in his word, it's very clear to do this, but I haven't been doing that, and I'm kind of scared to do that, whether it's finances, relationship, uh, work, whatever it is, I'm scared to do that, but I really believe this is what God's saying to do, so I will, I'm going to step out and do it. Okay? And God says, it'll work. He'll be faithful there. It'll be open to you. The door will open. And so you want to apply these three things to every area of your life. Ask, seek, ask him, Pray. Seek Him in your relationship with Him to know Him. The knock, putting actions to it. Every area of your life. And, and learn to depend on God. And then you think about your relationships. See, you desperately need Him in your relationships. And so this depending on God is going to come right down into those relationships and figuring out how to live by the golden rule. Now, you probably already answered on your own, but think, why do you need to do this? Why? Because not only is God able to help you, He wants to help you. 
Because what does Jesus say here? He tells us, knock, you know, ask, seek, knock. You're going to receive, it's, you're going to find, and it's going to be open to you. And then he goes on and talks about, you know, how God is a good God. He knows what you need, and he wants to give good gifts to you. He will give good gifts to you. He will answer these prayers. He will help you to know him. He will, when you step out and depend on him, come through for you. He is a good God. I mean, would you want to depend on a God who wasn't able to make a difference? You know, I mean, you go to God and you say, God, I'm in a relationship. I want to live this out, the golden rule. You know, I, and, and God answers back softly into your mind, says, gee, I wish I could help you. Nothing I can do. You want to depend on a God like that, would you? How about a God who doesn't really care? God, I need your help in this relationship. And, and, and God says, hey, that's your problem, buddy. <laughs> we wouldn't want to. But, but Jesus is very clear. What kind of God do we serve? A God who does hear, who can answer, who will let you know him, who will uh, hold you up when you depend on him and step out in faith and depend on him. He will do that. Not only that, he wants to do it. He's a good God. He, 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 like a father wants to give good gifts to his child. He wants to put good into your life. He wants to work in your life. He wants to bless you as you depend on him. God is both able and willing because he is good. And he's ready to use his power. How much power does God have? How much power does he have? Did anybody's life here been changed by God? And you were probably a pretty much of a knothead knucklehead before he saved you. I was. Still working out of it. But he changed us, didn't he? He has the power to do this. But you know when his power comes online in our lives? It's not when we're self-sufficient and handling it on our own. His power comes online in our lives and we say, God, I need you and I can't do this and by faith I'm going to trust you and do what you said. The power of God becomes available in our lives. And, and how about him being good? Has he already proven that he's good? Has he? Are you convinced? You know, he proved it on the cross, didn't he? We sang about it today. Jesus dying on the cross took the penalty for my sins and your sins and the sins of the whole world and died paying the penalty so I wouldn't have to and so you wouldn't have to. And so anybody who will receive him as Savior doesn't have to pay the penalty because Jesus paid it on the cross. Rises from the dead. He's alive in heaven. And, you know, we sang in that song, you know, that where angels fear to tread, you know, angels in heaven, and we're not going to talk long about this, but you understand the angels in heaven, the ones that are are given, given the job of glorifying the Father, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, forever. <laughs> and they say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, you know, and, and they, all that again and again. Six wings. Two of them, they fly. Two of them, they cover their feet. And two of them, they cover their faces. Being in the holy presence of God is a scary thing. The angels just, they know, they see, they know, they take. And yet, what has God done for us? He's told us that as his children, we can come boldly into his presence. 
It's like a child with, you know, a young child whose father is the president of the United States and, and doesn't know, you know, he's working with the stuff internationally and wars and all this kind of stuff, and a little kid runs in. You know what I mean? Freely. Because that's my dad. And that's what he's done for us. And if you've never trusted Christ, if you've never reached that point where once and for all you receive Christ, you need to do that. The alternative is, is life without him here and life without him forever in hell. We need to trust what Christ has done for us in the gospel. And so we see that the very starting point for the Christian life is dependence on God. The day that you got saved, most of you here have trusted Christ as Savior. The day that you received Christ, do you remember what happened? I mean, some of the details can be different, but it became clear to you that you had sinned against a holy God and that you were lost and you were headed to hell and then you knew that Jesus died for your sins, rose again, and, and you're saying, wow, okay, I, I want that. That's, I, I believe that. I accept it. I trust it. What did you do? You made a decision to depend on God. That's where the whole Christian life starts. And then God calls us to live life that way. Colossians says, the same way you receive Christ, live your Christian life. Depending on God. Dependent on Him. It's not a very American idea, but it's a God idea. This is how you live the Jesus way. Trusting God. Depending on Him. And so we look back in our passage again here. Ask. And, and, and I didn't even tell you, I should have told you that these uh, words ask, seek, and knock. In the Greek language, which this is translated from, which is the language God originally gave the uh, New Testament here in, the Greek language, these are in the present tense. Uh, and the present tense in Greek communicates ongoing action. So when he says ask, he's saying be asking. When he says seek, he's saying be seeking. It says knock, be knocking. So it's an it's approach to life. You see that? It's asking, seeking, knocking, approach to life. And so he says, approach your life this way, knowing that God is good. He, he will hear, he will answer, he will respond to these things, and he will do good. He will give you the direction. He'll give whatever it is you need to accomplish these things. And then verse number 12, look at it. Therefore, because you can depend on God, because you ought to depend on God, as you do depend on God, you can now live out this golden rule. He'll help you to live it out. Now, he'll help you perfectly, but you won't get it perfect. But he'll grow you, and you'll learn. Because God is able and good, you can depend on him to live by the golden rule. And living by the golden rule is risky business. It's risky. The only way... To do to have to be confident is to know that God has your back. And He has your back when you are depending on Him. God knows the people in your life better than you ever will. You know, so gentlemen, when you've been married for almost 36 years, and you've had this interchange with your wife, and she said things, and you, you think to yourself, 36 years. And I don't have a clue about this woman. <laughs> I 
That says a lot more about me than my wife. God has more than a clue. He knows. So I need to depend on him. He knows how I should minister to her. And he can show me and grow me and teach me. All relationships, not just marriage, certainly. But you have to depend on him for it. And then get this. God cares more about the people in your life than you ever will. And he is the only one who can help you stay motivated as you're trying to live by the golden rule. He will keep you motivated. As you depend on him, he'll keep you motivated. He'll keep you coming back to it. Keep you working on it. Because he cares about that person and he has something that he wants to do in their life through you. Dependence on God is the key to real success in your relationships. Would it transform your family? Some of you already has, but would it transform your family if you depended on God and he enabled you to interact with each other? Transform your relationships with other people, family. There may be family right now that you're estranged from. It has so much potential. And as we do that, I guarantee you that as you walk through life with this, God is going to give you stories to tell about his faithfulness when you're dependent on him. And what a powerful thing it would be is if every person who walks in this church knew and begins to interact with this starts to hear stories about the faithfulness of God and that he is real and it's safe to depend on him. Wow. God could do amazing things here, couldn't he? Father, we come before you and thank you for your word and that you speak it to us so faithfully. I pray, Father, that we will become more and more people who depend on you. I thank you for those, Lord, who already have this idea and are working to depend on you. And I pray, Lord, that the rest of us here, that you will challenge us and stir us to, to move towards you and to seek that relationship with you and to step out in faith and depend on you. Enable us, Lord, to depend on you. And then I pray, Lord, that you will bring that into our relationships. And that we will be able to begin succeeding at the relationships you've entrusted to us. And I do pray, Lord, for anyone here who hasn't made that one-time, once-in-a-lifetime decision to receive your Son as Savior. That even right now, in their heart, they would say to you, Oh God, I accept Christ as Savior. I depend on you for my forgiveness of sins and eternal life. Thank you for being faithful to us here today. And I pray in Jesus' name.